1-855-821-5900 We always start the show, my friend, with the, uh, the week that was Yes, John, the week that was And uh, welcome to all our listeners Happy to be back here answering questions about employment law If you lost your job, if you're concerned about your work situation If your employer is doing something that maybe they're not supposed to This is the show, you give us a call, let's talk about it right now but uh, let me tell you, John, about a couple of situations that I actually resolved this week. The first situation, a very interesting one, and it shows us why it's important to get legal advice if you lose your job. Now, earlier this spring, I spoke with a gentleman who had worked for an engineering firm for only about eight months in a very senior position. Now, he was let go without cause, and the company simply decided he wasn't the right fit for the job. They're allowed to do yep. that. Now, this guy, however, was recruited from another position where we had worked for over 18 years. He was directly recruited, very aggressively, and he eventually agreed to leave that company and join this engineering firm. Now, fast forward eight months later, he's now out of a job. Well, in this case, in the eyes of the law, he is no longer an eight-month employee. He is an 18-year employee. When you're recruited from a secure job only to be let go shortly thereafter, you're entitled to an enhanced severance package to account for the time you spent working with your previous employer. Nice. So when he was let go, he was offered one month severance. Nice try. And what we just did, we just negotiated 16 months severance from him uh, and resolved this in about a month and a half. So when he called me, he didn't know if the fact that he was recruited from another job was even relevant. He had no idea. Uh, and, of course, it was extremely relevant. And because of that, he was able to get 16-month severance after only working for eight months. Double the pay. Double the pay. And, and think about it. It's a lot of money. You bet. Uh, and, and huge. We're talking about a six-figure uh, salary for this gentleman. So very, very important. You need to understand uh, that there's a lot of factors that go into assessing how much severance you're getting. Should you be getting severance? Uh, and, and in this case, the fact that he was recruited away from another job mm-hmm. was a huge, huge factor. Gotcha. Very important. Now, second situation, very, very different. Uh, I recently resolved a matter that involved a lady, again, a long-service employee, who had worked for her employer for over 15 years. She was let go for cost-cutting reasons. This was a complete surprise and shock to her. She didn't expect it at all. So here she is being called into a meeting with HR. She has no idea what the meeting is about, but she's told, sorry, today's your last day. Here's your severance letter. Now, if that's not enough, she's told, we're making you a very, very good severance offer. You really should sign it today and just be done with it. How nice would it be to be done with this? Just sign right here. So feeling overwhelmed, feeling emotional, scared about not having income, she signs off on the severance offer, which provided her with six months severance. Remember, she's worked there for over 15 years. Now, her husband, thankfully, listens to this radio show called The Employment Hour on AM640. Smart boy. Uh, and he told her to call me. Uh, now, normally, if you sign off on a severance letter, you're, you're done. You're out of luck. There's nothing that can be done. But in this situation, because she was really encouraged and because she signed this on the spot, the severance le- uh, letter was unenforceable. Now, if you sign under duress, if you sign on the spot in an emotional state just minutes after you've been let go, Arguably, the severance letter is not enforceable. An employee should be given time to consider the severance offer and to get legal advice. So we were able to get her out of that severance agreement that she signed and settle this matter on the basis of 12-month severance. Sounds more like it. Double what Mm -hmm. she was originally offered, John. 
So remember, you should always, always get advice before you accept the severance offer. Never sign it without that advice. The vast majority of severance offers are not good enough. So that, sever- that legal advice is very important. If you sign under duress on the spot, you may be able to get out of it, but that's going to be the exception. I don't want you to be in that situation. So even if you feel pressure, there is no reason to sign off on a severance letter on the spot. None whatsoever. Take it home, consider it, sleep on it, talk to your spouse, and definitely give me a call. Uh, more in the news that was talking about uh, blacks. Yeah, right? and, and big story uh, impacting many, uh, especially in Ontario. Some 500 people are, are being let go uh, from blacks. Blacks photography are closing down uh, their stores. Uh, and they're all going to be closed by by August. And obviously, uh, you know, if you're a Blacks employee, and many there have worked for, uh, have worked at the company for uh, quite a long time, mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously very upsetting. And for many, uh, that's going to be very concerning because now they're going to be out of a job without income. Now, I I've already had the opportunity to speak with a couple of people that have been given notice of termination from Blacks. Uh, with respect to the people that I spoke with these people received working notice of termination. Okay. So uh, they were told that uh, in August, I believe it is, uh, you're going to be done, so we're giving you a few months' notice, and then we're going to pay you some severance. Now, uh, as it is with 90% of people that I speak with, in these two cases, and I'm only talking about two cases, so I'm not suggesting that's across the board with blacks, these people were not offered proper severance, uh, and we can negotiate. So let's talk a bit about more about what that means when we come back from you the got break. It. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And Lior's number outside the show is 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. You can also email us at Lior at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900 is Lior's number. We'll get to more of the uh, black situation. Shutting down operations uh, over here in Canada. First, so we uh, always have top priority would be our uh, friends on the phone. Got Ivan on the line. Hello, Ivan. Hi, how are you? Good, pal. What's going on? So uh, I just have a quick question. What's going on is uh, my wife walked away from the job uh, basically recently, and the reason being is constant harassment from the employer and the final thing was that uh, the employer sent her an email, an internal mail, stating that uh, and her and another employee not allowed to uh, talk in a, in a native language. And basically, uh, the email to be printed out and placed in the employee file, like a, like a warning, sort of, mm-hmm. not to speak in a native language. Uh, nothing to do with the customers at all. Like, uh, my wife works, works as an accountant, so she doesn't deal with customers at the front. Uh, so she just uh, didn't like the, this and just walked away from the job. Is there sort of recourse or anything that can be done about that at all? Yes, uh, Ivan. Thank you for, for your call and your question. Generally speaking, if an employee uh, leaves work because of harassment, that's a, that situation could be what we would call a constructive dismissal. In other words, if the work environment becomes such as just not reasonable to continue working there, it's as if the employee was let go, even though it's the employee that quits, which means that employee is entitled to full severance. The trick in a situation like this is being able to prove the harassment because her boss is not going to put up uh, his hand and say, yes, I did it, not necessarily. So as long as you can prove the harassment, she may have a very, very good case. She may be entitled to severance. And how long did she work there, Ivan? She's uh, come up in two years, basically. She's uh, found this job two years ago. Okay, and, and what kind of job? What was she doing there? 
She was a financial controller. I see. Accountant and financial controller. So you know she probably is entitled to a few months' pay, so it's definitely worth giving me a call. I'm going to find out from her when she speaks to me about the type of harassment. How was it uh, done? You know, is it through email? Is it through verbal? What do we have to establish it? Uh, and certainly that email that you told us about, that could yeah, even be... Definitely, a, yeah, definitely definitely uh, proof there's an email that... That could potentially actually be a a human rights issue, depending on the circumstances. So more than enough here, Ivan, for your wife to give me a call. There could be significant issues involved, so I definitely encourage her to give me a call as soon as possible. Ivan, that number, 1-855-821-5900. We'll get to uh, Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Hi, how are you? Good, what's up? Hi, I had a problem with my employer. I was um, not given my 11 hours rest rule, so one day I would be off. The next day, I would start at 2 p.m., so my 24-hour period would start at 2 p.m. till the next day. And my, my shift starts at 2 p.m., so they would, I would work till about 10 or 11, and then they would ask me to come in in the morning at 7 a.m. or 7 right. mm-hmm. and my finish at 3. So uh, the day I worked starting at 2 p.m., I informed them I have to leave at 8 o'clock so I can be here for 7 in the morning so I can get my 11 hours rest. I said I'm entitled to this, and I have to leave for my own health and safety. And uh, I have a wife, at, or sorry, my fiance at home who's actually pregnant, and, uh, you know, she's on her back, a little bit sore, so I have to do household chores and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the next day they came in, and they told me that I can't do that. And I printed off the labor board law so there wasn't any mystery. Right. And uh, they told me, no, it's actually an AR rule, and I signed off my rights to that. And I told them, no, look, if you read this correctly, that's not what it is. And then they wrote me up, gave me a reprimand, and... Then they started asking a bunch of other questions, and they ripped into me about uh, taking time off work for a doctor and my midwife appointments, and uh, they were stressing about some other stuff, and they uh, were quite rude about it, and they actually did it in a public, like, semi-private area, and was forcing me to, not forcing me, but they, uh, I had to explain some personal stuff about uh, some grieving that I have to do or some tragedy in my family, and they just... I mean, I had to cry. I was crying. My tears just came out. You know, I mean, they just put me in a position. I was in fear for my job. That I had to explain myself. So, so Tyler, here's, here's really w- what I'm going to tell you. There's really two options you have here. Option number one, uh, well, you can decide whether you want the problem fixed or you want to be out of there. And here's what I mean by that. If you want the problem fixed, potentially, what you would do is you contact the Ministry of Labor and file a formal complaint against your employer for violating the rule as it relates to uh, uh, hours off work between shifts, because you're absolutely right, what they're doing is not legal. And the Ministry of Labor can can come in, investigate, and if they agree, they can issue an order. Now, that may fix the problem in the sense that the the hours are going to change. I don't know what that's going to do in terms of the relationship between you and the employer, and it already sounds like it's not the best of relationships, so that may make things less comfortable even. But that's option one. Option number two is you could treat the fact that they're breaching your rights uh, as a constructive dismissal. They're doing something ultimately that's illegal, you know, if they're not following uh, the laws as relates to time off between shifts. So that could be a constructive dismissal, and you could potentially resign and get severance. Now, how many years have you worked there, Tyler? I've worked there just over a year. Okay, and what kind of job? What do you do? It's actually a seasonal job. uh, I'm a line cook, and they asked me to come back this year, and I've only worked there for about... Uh, about six weeks, and uh, they gave me a lot of full-time hours at first, and then they've come in and uh, had a lot of problems with uh, 
verbally just swearing at us and making up scenarios like there's hidden so, cameras and microphones listening to us. So like I said, so ultimately, if, if you want to continue working, the Ministry of Labor is the option. If you want to talk about a constructive dismissal, I okay. want to talk to you off air, find out a bit more information about your compensation, about any employment agreement that you may have signed when you started there. And on that basis, we can decide exactly what should be owed. But those are the two options. Leave with severance. Uh, how much? I need to find out a bit more to tell you, number one. Or go file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor so they can order your employer to change the shifts. Tyler, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, or email Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is Lior's number directly, and Lior at employmenthour dot com to send him a quick email. We'll get to uh, more phone calls. Got George. Hello, George. Good afternoon. Thanks for waiting. Hi there. I've got a quick question for Lior. Um, I'm in the construction industry and uh, get paid by the hour, and uh, my employer classifies us as seasonal, and uh, for that reason says that they don't have to pay us overtime. Is that true? No, George, it's not true. And there's many exemptions with respect to construction employees, but overtime is not one of them. So as a construction employee, you're still entitled to overtime. Uh, for. But remember, though, the, the rule is for overtime is paid for hours over 44 hours a week. So you, you do have to get paid overtime for any week you work more than 44 hours. Any extra hours over 44 have to be paid to you as, a time, as time and a half. So if you work an extra four hours, you're really going to get paid an extra six hours, right, time and a half. Right. If they won't do that, your, your best recourse in this case, uh, George, is to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. They can order the employer to pay it. There's no exemption that applies to you. You should get paid. Thank you very much. No Thanks, problem. George. I love construction companies. They're the best. They're, they're, honestly, I mean, I don't want to pick on anyone, but as relates to following the employment laws of this province, yeah, no, it doesn't get much worse than that. All right, Jim, welcome to the show. How are you, bud? Hi. Good. Uh, what, uh, what can I do for you? What can Lior do for you? I work part-time for uh, a place where, uh, you know, they give the uh, employee discounts uh, on the products okay. they sell, and uh, they have a limit. It's whatever it is on, uh, as you buy products for the year, you get a, uh, you get a, uh, a renewal every year starting in January. So, uh, your, your employment gets renewed is what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Perfect. Anyway, uh, I was called in the other day. Apparently, uh, I went over my product amount and they said, that, they just told me that HR is investigating because I went over, my product amount. I was buying stuff and uh, for my family and stuff, but they 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 never uh, told me no. You can't, it can't go through as a discount. So you bought more stuff with using the discount than they say you were supposed to. Your yearly your yearly allowance. Yes. Okay. Got it. Go ahead. And anyway, they said basically uh, their loss prevention is investigating, and, and uh, they might terminate me. I wonder what my rights are. Well, so a very, very good question, Jim. Ultimately, it comes down to whether uh, the employer, your employer has cause to let you go. So for them to have cause, they have to show that you, you were guilty of some very significant misconduct, effectively that, that you knew what you were supposed to do uh, or, or, not a, or allowed to do, not allowed to do, and you're trying to get away with it, effectively trying to commit fraud. If that's what happened here, they may have cause, and if they let you go, you may not have entitlements. 
based on what you're saying, I suspect that's not the case. It probably is a situation where no one ever told you you shouldn't do this or no one told you that that's not the way uh, things work. If that is the case, if they let you go, and by the way, they are allowed to let you go, at that case, though, they would have to pay you severance. Now, how long have you worked there, Jim? A couple years part-time. Part-time and in a sales position? Yes. And how old are you approximately, Jim? Uh, 21. Okay. So you'd be looking at uh, about two months' pay. All right. That's what they owe you if they were to let you go uh, right now as a result of that. Now, that's assuming, of course, they can't establish that you've committed fraud. In that case, they wouldn't have to pay you anything. So two months uh, pay, that's what's at stake here. Let's go back. Uh, we were talking about blacks before we got a bunch of phone calls. Now, you said they've been given uh, uh, notice plus severance at the end. Right. At least the two people. Again, two people. So I'm yeah. not suggesting that uh, that's true for every employee. But the two people that I spoke with, the offer comprised of, uh, of two components. Number one, we're going to give you notice for uh, whatever it is, three months. Uh, and then at the end of that notice, we're going to pay you a certain amount of money. Now, remember, John, an employer is allowed to give notice, and that counts towards severance. So, for example, if an employee is entitled to 20-month severance, just as an example, and that employee gets four months' notice, that four months counts towards the 20 months. So which, they're owed 16 months severance. Exactly. Gotcha. That they're owed 16 months. Mm-hmm. So, so, let, so with respect to these two employees that I've spoken with, I started off by doing an assessment. So I asked them some questions about their job, about the length of their employment, their age, etc. And I assessed them each as being entitled to a certain number of months of notice or severance. Now, then they were offered uh, notice and they were offered some payment. And in these cases, at least for the two people that I spoke with, the combination of notice and severance that they've been offered was shy of what they were actually owed. So uh, with these two people, I'm going to work on trying to improve uh, their offer. But I wanted everyone to understand, of course, what happens you know, in, if you do get notice. If you get notice of termination, generally speaking, John, you have to work that notice. All right? you, have to, uh, you have to work or else if you don't work, you, you may cons- be considered to have resigned. So if, in these uh, blacks employees' cases, if they are told you're going to work till August and if they say, well, I want to be gone today, just pay me out, right. it doesn't work that way. So if you leave before the end of the notice period, with a couple of exceptions, which I'm not going to get into, but if you generally, if you leave before the end of that notice, you're not going to be entitled to any additional payment. So it's important to keep that in mind. Is there ever a negotiation? Would they ever consider that or have you never seen it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in many cases, and in fact, with the two people that I'm going to work right now, we're not going to take legal action. I don't think we're going to need to, hopefully. We're going to negotiate. The the problem is, and and many employees uh, think that they can negotiate on their own, my experience is that the employer is going to be very reluctant to negotiate with the employee and, and, uh, and, and improve the offer. Most of the time, you need to have a lawyer working for you on your behalf to try to negotiate because we know what we can negotiate and it. how to get it done. And when the show is over, anytime, as a matter of fact, Lior's number is one 821 5900 the employment hour, on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Lior outside of the show is one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to uh, James. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. How are you guys? Good, man. What's up? Uh, constructive dismissal. I've been put in a position that I have to deal with someone who I've caught lying and cheating, and I don't want to really deal with this uh person and company anymore so i'd like to leave do i have any compensation if i can prove of the wrongdoing uh 
you're going to have to tell me a bit more, James, because ultimately it would be a constructive dismissal if uh, you, you're being asked to do something unethical or, or something that's illegal. In that case, it may well be a constructive dismissal. But if you have a coworker that that's lied to someone, if it doesn't impact you directly, it may not be a constructive dismissal. You know what I mean? Okay, it impacted me directly because uh, my uh, uh, money earned would not have been available because this person lied and cheated. Uh, so what if you were to to expose him? What would happen then? I already have and basically been told everybody lies. Okay, okay. Well, you lie, everybody lies. So, well, if, so. if it imp- I mean... I would suggest we talk off air because I understand on air you don't want to give too many details. It makes sense. But generally speaking, <laughs> if you've been constructively dismissed, if you've been put in a situation that makes it unreasonable to continue working, uh, something that's happened in the workplace that's not, that's not reasonable, you can leave. And it's as if the company has let you go in the sense that they have to pay you your full severance. So that's going to be calculated on the basis of the length of your employment your age and your job, the longer you work, the older you are in the more senior position, the more is going to be owed to you. So we should talk off air, but yeah, this may well be a constructive dismissal. You may well be owed severance. So uh, let's talk off air where you can give me some more details uh, in, in a private setting. Frank, welcome to the show. Hi, Frank. Hey, good. Good afternoon. Uh, Lior, I've, I've got a question here. on If an employer terminates an employee, and in the manner in which the employer terminates that employee, they breach that employee that, that employee's statutory rights, which, as I understand, renders that decision null and void. Does it become then much easier, say, for you to pursue a wrongful dismissal claim, uh, meaning that the the employer then can't really rely on whatever they're going to rely on to defend against that claim if you can prove and establish that those statutory rights have been violated? Frank, do you have have an example of of what statutory rights you'd you'd be referring to? I I would say perhaps uh, uh, if they have their specific policies, the Canadian Charter, uh, say the Human Rights Code is applied in there, that would be one of the statutes that, that you know, would apply in a situation in terms of dismissal. So uh, whether it be the Canadian Charter or, or human rights le- legislation or some of those rights that exist okay. under the Canadian Charter? So first of all, uh, a Canadian Charter wouldn't usually apply in these situations. Canadian Charter only applies to government. So if the government does something uh, to, an, to an individual, that could be a charter right. It doesn't usually apply in, 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 a, in a private workplace. But if an employer terminates someone in violation of their, their human rights, so the employer fi- lets someone go because they're, uh, they have a medical condition or, or because of their race or ethnicity, that termination itself is illegal. And irrespective of what the employer says uh, is the reason for termination, that employer is going to have a big problem dealing with it. Usually, though, when an employer terminates and they're alleging a reason, we simply want to know whether that reason constitutes cause for dismissal. In other words, does that mean that the employee did something so bad, so awful, that it entitles the employer to let them go without compensation? If the answer is yes, then the employer does not have to pay any severance. If the answer is no, that the employee is entitled to full severance. It is very, very, very difficult to let an employee go without severance. The employer, the employer really has to show that whatever the employee did was so bad that it made it impossible to continue employing the individual. It's a very high standard, and most employers pull the trigger way before they should. Get to a couple emails here. Barry writes in at uh, Lior at employmenthour.com, says, I was given notice of termination a year ago. Since then, uh, notice has been extended two times, twice. My last day is supposed to be next week. Should I still be getting severance? 
You know what's interesting? In that email, he says, my last day is supposed to be next week. That's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because when you get notice of termination, there should be no doubt. There should be complete certainty when your last day is going to be. There's no supposed to. There's no maybe. There's no possibly. So if you're let go uh, and the employer says, I'm letting you go, John, on uh, April 15th. April 15th comes and says, well, you know what, John, I'm going to extend it to June 15th. June 15th comes and says, well, it's going to be September 15th. <laughs> well, guess <laughs> what? Come September, you have no idea if it's going to, is the employer really going to mean it this yeah. time? Is the employer going to extend it? So because that uncertainty has been created, it's as if no notice has been given. So in this situation, uh, for, for, for our, our email that we received, uh, as a result of that, if the employee received notice that was extended several times, now there's that uncertainty as to when that last day is going to be. Mm. That notice doesn't count. So if the employee's employment is terminated, that employee has not received notice, and that employee in most cases would be entitled to sever. So remember, if you receive notice of termination and it keeps getting extended, that notice may be rendered completely invalid. one 821 5900 is Lior's direct number and email, just like Barry used, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. More coming up the Employment Hour on AM640 and AM900 CHML. Lior's number again, one 821 5900 We'll get to uh, your phone calls here in a minute. I want to talk a little bit about uh, medical leave and disability, LTD. When it's denied, uh, what should an employee do with respect to their employee if LTD is denied? Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of times employers and employee confuse a medical leave of absence from work with entitlement to LTD or to disability coverage. Okay. Those are completely separate things, okay? And the fact that an employee did not qualify or maybe got rejected from uh, an insurance company with respect to LTD coverage does not mean that they have to go back to work, does not mean that the employer is not required to give them time off work. Let me make this clear. Uh, to, to qualify for LTD, you have to, to fall within the, f- the four corners of the insurance policy. So, for example, if the policy says you have to submit your claim on a blue piece of paper and you submit it on a white piece of paper, you won't qualify and you're going to get rejected uh, from the insurance company. That does not mean that you're not sick. That does not mean that the employer is not required to give you a medical leave of absence, okay? So at the end of the day, if you're rejected by an insurance company, by Manulife, by Good West, Great West Life, whoever the insurance company is with respect to LTD, now, maybe the insurance company is right to reject you. Maybe they're wrong, and you can, can deal with that. As you know, my partner, Sivan Tamarkin, deals with these issues all the time. But that has nothing to do with the status of your employment and your ability to be off work. All you need to do is to be, to be able to be off work for a medical leave of absence is to have a doctor's letter, a doctor's note from a qualified medical practitioner that says, this employee is my patient and I've, uh, I have examined him or her and that employee cannot work at this time. As long as you provide that to the employer, that employer is required to give you time off work. Now, that note, as I've just described it, may not be enough, may not be good enough to qualify you for disability coverage, but it's enough to allow you not to have to go to work and not lose your job. Very important. Right. Got uh, Greg on the line. Hi, Greg. How are you? Hi, good. How are you guys? Good, sir. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, um, I retired, I guess, around two years ago, and um, they didn't pay me my bonus for the year, which they do every year. It's like 6%. What happened is uh, it goes from May to May, so I retired at the end of May. And then I had the three weeks to wait to get my bonus. And the, um, when I was talking to Human Resources, everything was fine, right? Well, in the course of that three weeks, they decided 
not to pay anybody who was retiring, the retiree. Wow. Oh. And, and Greg, when was that? You said a couple of years ago. What, do you, can you tell me when you retired? Or at yeah, least when you would was, have expected uh, the bonus? Uh, it, was, it was May. Uh, I was the end of May. Well, June the 1st, uh, 2013. Yeah, and here's the problem. You would, you would absolutely be entitled to that bonus. The problem is now you're out of time. So there's exactly a two-year limitation period, and, and you, you, you've just kind of gone beyond that. So even though you would have been entitled to that bonus and we could have helped you get it, at this point you're out of time and there's probably nothing else that you could do, Greg. I'm sorry to give you that news. Uh, that's okay. Because I, I was trying to get used before, and before that I think there was a time limit you were talking about. But anyhow, I, I think I got the wrong number now when I went to phone you. <laughs> oh, right. I see. Okay. Yeah, appreciate it. Greg, appreciate the phone call. We will get to uh, Adam. Hi, Adam. How are you? Hi, no, not too bad. Okay. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Absolutely. Um, recently, um, two weeks ago, I was uh, accused by one of my coworkers of being a racist. Um, it just came out of losing, sent an email to HR, CC my director. And then from there, um, it's been two weeks of hell for me at work because I have to work alongside with him. And um, I asked HR for, like, is he going to be terminated based on his accusations or what? She hasn't gotten back to me yet or, or refused to give me any ideas other than that. It's still under investigation. So what are my rights here? Like, um, my coworkers around me have never heard me use any racial slurs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 can't, I, I don't understand why HR is taking so long to get this matter resolved. And when, when did this happen? When was the accusations made to HR? On May the 26th or 27th through email. Okay. So your, your rights, uh, Adam, is to a fair and impartial investigation. So you have the right for your employer to do everything uh, possible to find out what actually happened, to talk to you, to talk to this person, to talk to other colleagues and coworkers to determine whether or not, in fact, you, you did do the, uh, the thing that you've been accused of doing. Now, sometimes that may take a little while to happen. In this case, we're probably a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, I agree with you, is a long time, but not yet beyond the point of what's reasonable. I would probably wait till the end of the month. Uh, okay. That employer has to investigate. Hopefully, the, the result there is that the truth comes out, whatever the truth is. If you believe that the employer fails to fail to investigate and maybe then they take legal reper, uh, repercussions against you or they, they take uh, um, measures against you uh, without that being justified, that could be a problem. If you if you're let go without a proper investigation, that could be a wrongful dismissal. If you're uh, suspended uh, without a proper investigation, that could be a constructive dismissal. So you have a right to an investigation, and if you don't believe that investigation happened, or if you completely disagree with the results of the investigation, you need to give me a call, but I'd wait another couple of weeks. Add in that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We're talking about uh, work with disability coverage, LTD is denied. Does, uh, does getting denied by LTD mean that the employer can require an employee to go back to work? And, and that's ultimately the question, and the answer to that is a resounding no. A lot of times, employers themselves uh, get confused by this. So LTD is telling us, employee, you don't qualify, so that means you can go back to work. You have to come back to work. And if you don't, well, we'll let you go for cause or you've resigned, etc. That's wrong. Remember, to qualify for LTD is is one thing. And in fact, insurance company could get it wrong. That's why there's cases and claims against insurance companies. But that's irrelevant, completely irrelevant to your status as an employee on a leave of absence. So as long as you provided your employer with the doctor's note that clearly says you cannot work, 
that employer cannot require you to work even though you may not have qualified for LTD. Very, very important. A lot of employees, employers get that wrong. So you always want to put these things in separate compartments. Your relationship with your insurance company, your LTD insurer on, on one end, and your relationship with your employer on the other end. Those are separate things. How long can a leave of absence carry on for? And a leave of absence from work, whether or not you qualify for LTD or not, usually can can last as long as it needs to last for the employee to get better and be able to come back to work. In some cases, that can mean a few years. Uh, Now, in some situations when the absence is very, very long, usually a couple of years or more, and it doesn't seem like the employee is ever Mm going to get better, then you know what that means. That employer can say frustration of contract, the relationship has ended as a result of frustration, and, and, and we don't have to, t- uh, to keep the job and take you back. That's only in very extreme situations. Uh, now, so even if you don't qualify for LTD or you're, you're disputing your LTD insurer's uh, uh, decision not to allow you to get benefits, you're still allowed to have time off from work as long as your doctor says so, and that could be for an extended period of time. Lior's number is one 855 That's his personal line. And Lior at employmenthour.com. More of the Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. See if we can slide another call in here before the uh, hour is over. Got Sam on the line. Hello, Sam. Yeah, hi there. Good. What's up? Um, I was on uh, WSIB. I had a couple of work-related incidents. And uh, WSIB stopped uh, my benefits. I was only paid for two weeks. Yep. So then I went to apply for short-term disability, which is what my uh, employer asked me to do. Um, they denied me based on it being a work-related accident. Right. So in between being denied uh, WSIB and short-term, my company decided to terminate me. Did they say why, Sam? Uh, they said, uh, well, my, my boss had said it was uh, abandonment because they haven't heard from me. But I was still doing stuff online on my computer, like some programs and stuff that was assigned to me. Now, when you initially went off work, uh, presumably they got some sort of a doctor's note saying that you, you have to be off work. Is that, is that right? Correct, yeah. And how long after that did they let you go, after you initially went off work? Um, it, was, it was about uh, close to two months. Okay. So, now, the last communication I had with them... Yes. Um, I had emailed them and told them, and every time I went in for physio, I had to send in a form um, stating what the physiotherapist said. Sure. So um, I had told them that I could go back to work with restrictions. Yes. And they did not reply to the email. So yeah. it, was, it was them that stopped the communication. Yeah, Sam, honestly, that, that's absolutely illegal what they've done. Number one, it's not abandonment. If you go off work with a doctor's note and, and you don't give them a doctor's note that says uh, something differently after that, then you ask to go back with restrictions, they don't respond, and then they say abandonment. That's nonsense. Not only is that a wrongful dismissal, Sam, that's also a violation of the Human Rights Code. It could even be a violation of the Workplace Safety and Insurance Act. So uh, there's uh, several things that this company's done wrong and illegally. How long have you worked there? Uh, just under a year. Okay. So depending on the type of job and your age, you're going to be entitled to, to a number of months of severance. Uh, you could also be entitled to damages under the Human Rights Code. Uh, there's no chance that this is abandonment. 
Give me a call, Sam. Let's talk off air so I can find out more, uh, and I'll do everything I can to help you. Sam, that number, one 855 Again, one 855 Let's get to the uh, the calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. Severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, literally uh, tens of thousands, over 100,000 people have now used it. You go on severancepaycalculator.com and you find out how much severance you're owed, if you lost your job, if you think you're going to lose your job, or just if you ever wanted to know. Maybe your friend just lost your job and you want to know what they'd be owed because uh, they haven't uh, sought legal advice. Mm-hmm. Severancepaycalculator.com, it's, uh, it's quick, it's free, it's anonymous, it's accurate. So I hope everyone can use that. Uh, it's a great, great tool, and uh, it really has changed the way that people look at this type of information. Uh, before that, you'd have to speak with the lawyer. Many lawyers are char- going to charge you an arm and a leg uh, to tell you how much severance you're owed. We wanted to make that accessible to people and simple. It doesn't need to be complicated, so we created the severance pay calculator. How does it basically com. work? So you, you go on the website or you download the app uh, on your iPhone or your Android phone, and you enter three pieces of information on the menu there, how long you've worked, your age, and the type of job. You just pick the job from a drop-down menu, and it's going to tell you how many months or weeks of severance you're owed, 6, 8, 10, 12, 24, whatever it is. And, and then you know, and if you have lost your job, you have something to refer to. If you can look at that and say, wait a second, the severance calculator says I should be getting 12 months severance. I was offered four well, wait a second. Now you know there's a you problem. You can give me a call if you want, or you can simply press the little green button on the severance calculator, and it's going to send that information to me, and, and I will give you a call. So that'll do it for this show, though. The employment hour, outside of show hours, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 Lior, L-I-O-R, and calculator.com as well. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.